Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Matt Goes to the Movies. As we are rolling along with our top 100 video games, this is part three, and we are getting very, very close to the end here. This episode, we are covering uh, numbers 39 through 16 for our favorite video games. And to cap the episode off, we'll talk about our favorite video game genre and as a, a little bit of a bonus, so to speak, something that was brought up before we recorded, uh, favorite video game movie, which, you know, not a lot of them to pick from, and probably not a lot of good ones to pick from. So it'll be interesting to hear people's thoughts on that. But Spoiler, it's the new Mortal Kombat movie. but with that being said if you've been listening to these episodes you probably recognize one voice but we'll start with rob rob welcome back man uh what seemed like was going to be a daunting task has has gone by pretty smooth and it's been a lot of fun yeah so um this was actually really really hard initially you you proposed the idea to us and i'm thinking my oh my god i gotta try to come up with a hundred games and i thought wow that's probably a lot hard that's that's pretty hard and then i started my list and i got to like 120 130 without even really trying so then paring down the list became difficult um listeners if you're trying to do your own list which by the way if you have a list submit it to us we'd love to see it we'd love to see what you're thinking uh what what are your top 100 even if you're top 10 I kind of started with the top five. I, I felt pretty good about those. I, I expanded to the top 10, my top 15, top 20. I felt really good about the placement. And then everything after that was really challenging. Um, but I think what what I feel looking at, you know, 39 through 16 that we're about to talk about, all the games we've already talked about are, are all-time classics to each of us. And, and certainly my list is to me. When I start looking at the games that are are going to be mentioned here on this episode, what really occurs to me is these are the games. This is this is a whole section of games that if I had to explain to somebody why I'm a gamer, why I love this hobby, why gaming has been a part of my life since before I could even read. Um, these are the games that really make up why that is. So I am super excited to talk about. Yeah, very well said. Uh, listeners also joining us you should know him very well if you're a repeat listener he runs the basement binge podcast harrison you're back welcome thank you i'm really really excited to be here this similar to what rob said this felt like a daunting task additionally my experience with video games especially as we have these episodes i feel like it's kind of unique and so i've kind of felt like overwhelmed by this conversation but i after recording last episode i've anxiously awaited today this has been the funnest conversation to have so i'm i'm so whoever was it brandon who came up with this i'm so glad that this is an episode i'm (laughs) glad that i was invited so thank you yeah Yeah, can we get brandon promoted to like assistant uh production director for matt goes to the movies i'm basically a producer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean the the brainchild of this entire idea brandon you know back but yeah this whole thing was oh, we should do this. And I was like, okay. And I kind of hemmed and hawed for a little bit. And then he mentioned it again. And I was like, uh, uh, do you want to do it? So Brandon, this is, you know, this is all because of you. Yeah. I also came up with another idea for the show. We'll wait to announce it later, but I might regret putting, <laughs> making this plan for another movie. He's going to watch the Street Fighter movie. 
Oh, way God. worse. Oh man, <laughs> it gets worse. How? How? Oh boy. There, there's not <laughs> fun thing. There's not fun things to talk about, like the John Claude Van Damme's cocaine addiction, I was say, like, like, <laughs> you, you and the fact that it's Raul Julia's last movie. movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, oh man. But listeners, you know, again, like we talked about here, we're gonna get through 39 through 16, and before we start, and we'll recap this, you know like we usually do but you know right in a lot of interesting talk about this uh, a lot of people that have seen this post uh i will say have actually you know emailed me direct messaged me asking the show to do specific episodes on certain movies which has been really really cool so you know keep those thoughts coming i i know harrison you always love getting ideas like that. And it's, it's just really cool to always interact with the listeners and, you know, you know, see that you like the show and things that you want to see happen. So, you know, keep those things coming. But with that being said, we're going to get right into the list here. And I'm, I'm going to start with number 39, Rob, something that you mentioned the last episode, number 39 for me is Bioshock, a game for me, a huge twist, didn't really see it coming tight gameplay unique interesting story with a really cool world uh bioshock really one of my favorites and one of the ones that i could it was one of the games that i only really got into that one didn't really care too much for the other bioshocks not that they were bad games but just something about that time that game really captured me number 38 metal gear solid 2 a game that when it came out, I think really, Rob, I don't know if you remember this, came under some pretty heavy fire for what they thought was the bait and switch of the main character. I really liked it. I thought it expanded upon the first one. I, I really liked what they did with the game. Um, you know, having Raiden come in and be the main character. I liked him a lot, so I was not upset like a lot of fans were with that. Number 37, God of War 3. Uh, what I thought would be pretty much a perfect cap for the God of War series. You know, money does not lie and money does not let lay thing, let properties lay dormant. So eventually wow. we got another one. But uh, God of War 3 chalks in at number 37 for me. Number 36. One of the only shooter games I was actually ever good at, Titanfall. Um, I'm terrible at multiplayer shooter games. Uh, I mentioned it before, two kills, 37 deaths. That's not really fun. Titanfall was one that I actually was able to play and be good at. So that ranked very high for me. And capping off my first five recap for this list, at number 35 is the original Kingdom Hearts nothing really like that at the time for me. Just love seeing all of those properties together. Really fun. Not the best gameplay, um, but just seeing all of those characters together, really fun. Was really interested to see where the story went. We got it. It went. <laughs> <laughs> it went in all different directions. Um, but that caps off my list there. And we're going to have Harrison... Uh, actually go through his, his next, uh, his next list here. Oh, this is already so fun. Okay. So 39 for me is Spider-Man three. 
on the PS3, right? Obviously, tie-in film uh, or game to to the film. Oh my gosh, that was like one of the first uh, games I played where it wasn't just like one direct path. Like there were side quests. I remember that was one of the first ones. Uh, introduced like skill trees and side quests to me. Also, the swinging in it was just a blast. Uh, love that game. My brother and I would play it. And then when we weren't playing it, we were watching the other person play it. Spent hours with that. Uh, 38, Splatoon. I remember when that game came out, like I was just, I, I was thrilled for that. I couldn't wait because I felt like the Nintendo's twist on the first person shooter or third person, I guess, was something that we were missing. And I was excited to see what they did and it did not disappoint. Splatoon is a blast. Um, okay, 37. I almost forgot about this game, and then I had my mom take a picture of all our old PS2 games, and it was in there, and I was so glad that I asked. It's SSX3 on <gasps> PS2. Oh, oh my gosh. It was <laughs> my brother and I split screen. Oh, my gosh. Hours and hours and hours on this. The, the tracks uh, or courses with different shortcuts you could discover, the Uber tricks. Oh my gosh, I loved that game. In fact, I kind of want to go play it right now. It SSX games are a blast, and I felt like that one. SSX Tricky was almost mentioned on the list, but I went with SSX3 because I played that one more. Um, 36 uh, from the DS, Zelda and the Phantom Hourglass. Um, oh my gosh, love that game. I loved how you could like shrink down mini and the way that that added un- unique puzzles. Additionally, it had like a a multiplayer mode where you could connect two DSs together and kind of play against each other um, in like a um, kind of like a tower defense type thing ish. Uh, my brother and I played those for hours. Um, and then lastly, at 35, I was going to put this much higher, but uh, this is honestly where it belongs. Super Smash, specifically for the Nintendo 64. Uh, the, the very first Super Smash Brothers. My I never had a 64, but my friend down the street did. They had a, a TV in what they called the green room where the entire room was green, including the couches. And there, we'd have like 15 of us in there having a tournament. Like we bought, we went to Walmart and bought a whiteboard so that we could keep track of this tournament that we had in Super Smash. <laughs> it, I mean, we did everything you could imagine with that. I, we, we, hours and hours and hours playing Super Smash. But the frustrating thing was that I was still so new to games that I didn't figure it out. Like they were nice enough to teach me like, oh, you know, your A you get your A combos and you have your B combos and then this and that. And I just like, didn't figure it out. Like I knew, okay, you have an A combo and have B combo, but like, why would, why would you use those type of things? Like I just didn't understand. So I just got whoops all the time. Like I was always the first person. I probably got three stocked every time. Uh, and my friend played Kirby way too much, which was like undefeatable in that one. So yeah, I love super smash. Some of the other titles are much higher, but specifically the, from the Nintendo 64, great memories but also a lot of memories of being the first one out and just sitting on the couch while i waited for the other people to like spend 20 minutes on one round uh, i just want to i, I want to point out before brandon goes with his list you know rob you talked about it okay some of these games in this list are going to be like why i'm a gamer but just that right there that one little comment and for listeners you could probably agree we got a whiteboard, you know, there wasn't leaderboards and all, you know, <laughs> but you know, playing video games back then or doing things back then, like you did things like that because you loved playing the game and you had friends that loved playing the game. Like, go, like maybe now that seems like dumb to somebody who might be like, use the notepad in your phone or your tablet. Like, what are you doing? Like, 
But going out, and bu- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like going out and buying a whiteboard though, to track this, like that's like, that's what these games were to, ha- you know, to have fun and do things like that. And just to me, like I sit there and I can picture it's weird that everything in that room was green. I'm also trying to picture how that didn't mess with your, your eyesight for for the rest of your life. But, But like, just like envisioning that, like just, you said 15 people, friends with a whiteboard, writing down names, crossing names off, erasing, like to me, that is just the coolest. Oh, I mean, think about all of the different ways a person can spend their free time. What other hobbies or things or leisure pursuits can you think of that would cause something like that? Like nobody does that for a book club. Like maybe you do that for Magic the Gathering or like something like that. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you're playing a card game, but nobody like there's nothing else you would do that for. Like as much as the four of us love movies. Like, why would you buy a whiteboard to talk about movies? It's only like you only have these kind of memories with your friends from gaming. It's the only way to have these experiences um, that we're talking about. And it's why we love these so much and why we can spend hours talking about it and have invested hundreds of hours of our lives um, pursuing gaming. It it was a great way to meet new people, too, because we just like super side story. There was probably like five of us who lived on the same street in the same neighborhood where we originally played with the five of us and like, Hey, we should get a tournament. We need more people. So then we went outside of that friend group and like brought new friends in from our individual friend groups. And we turned it into what we called our smash party where every, the last Saturday of every month, all 15 of us would show up and play smash, Bros. like we never interacted the 15 of us together, except for when we were playing smash, Bros. You know, I didn't get a chance to mention it on the last episode, but I'm, you know, thinking back to great memories in gaming. Um, not only do you get, you know, to meet other friends down the street from you, um, I can vividly remember a period of time when I was playing Xbox Live all the time. Um, and Rainbow Six Vegas was the game I was playing, and it was on my list earlier. Um, back before I had kids, I would, you know, stay up till all hours of the night playing video games if I was off the next day. And then wake up just before, you know, the crack of noon and uh, have have breakfast and then get back to gaming. Well, it just kind of worked out that when I was signing on to Xbox Live, it was about the same time that a lot of people in the UK were getting off of work. Um, So they'd be signing on after work and I was just kind of getting my day started. And there was this whole group of guys that I ended up linking up with that were all in the UK playing Rainbow Six Vegas uh, cooperatively. And uh, we just kind of, you know, I got to meet those guys and, you know, it's been 15 years or or longer since I would have interacted with any of them. But I just I have great fun memories of gaming uh, because of the way that it kind of brings people together that I never would have met those guys. I never would have had the opportunity to kind of, you know, pick up the nuances of their language a little bit um, and and share experiences. And, you know, it just kind of connects our world in a way that a few other things can. You know, I would have never met these guys if I was only into reading or if I was only into movies or only into TV or only into like woodworking or something like that. It's only through gaming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon, you, uh, you've got your 39 through 50. All right. Or through 35. (laughs) 39. I have Persona 4 Golden. Just a, like, I'm really glad I picked this up after playing Persona 5. It's a, like, it's more lighthearted than Persona 5, but it still keeps the core elements. The, like, just walking around, like, themes are easily the best in the franchise. Number 38, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. 
the game that even if people want it to die, it just won't. Six whole years of support. So obviously there's there's a reason for that success. Number 37, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Easily, for me, the most underrated in the franchise. Introduced to probably one of my favorite main characters in Roxas. Number 36, Metal Gear Solid 3. This is my first in the Metal Gear series, so it was really interesting having just an all-stealth game. A game where you just don't want to be caught by enemies. Which is a big contrast in the games now. And 35, Ghost of Tsushima. It was, I remember, like, we just went, maybe we want this. It looks like brand new IP. It looks very promising. Very glad to pick it up. This the story of Jin and, like, overcoming the island itself. Like, it's very great. Like, very promising for Sucker Punch. And I hope to see more in the future. Yeah, that was a really good game, actually. Uh, Rob, you got the cap off. All right, so starting at 39 is uh, Halo 5. Um, I'm a huge Halo fan. Uh, absolutely love that whole series. Uh, by the way, I do not have Halo Infinite on my list yet because I'm still playing through it, so I don't feel like I can properly rank it, uh, just in case anybody was curious. Uh, Halo 5, the, the story gets a little wonky at times. It's kind of tough to figure out what actually is happening, and I've played through it two or three times, and I still don't think I know. Uh, 38, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. What a phenomenal game. The first time they gave us a protagonist that actually talked, and they gave us Ray Liotta, who was perfect. Um, going back to the 80s for the setting was just a lot of fun. Great humor. Um, played a couple times through, and it's, it's really a good time. 37, Gears of War 2. Everything about the first one, but just make it better. A lot of great memories playing that co-op. 36, I actually have GTA 3 ranked higher than GTA Vice City, and I, and I think I partially give it a little bit more of a nod just for its historical significance. Um, there was nothing like this before GTA 3 and the cultural impact it had. It was everywhere. I mean, it was this major, major moment in pop culture. Uh, so I think probably just for that alone, I rank it a little higher. And then 35, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um it was, it was GTA, but with horses, and the characters were fun. There was great satire, uh, compelling characters, really enjoyed it. Uh, so that ranks uh, at 35 for me. So I- I'm going to throw a quick little thing out here before I go through my list. And I have never, ever, that is ever, played a Grand Theft Auto game in my life. Wow. Yeah. I know it's kind of surprising to me too, but I'm right. I, I I have never never played one. But uh, starting at number thirty four, going back to Nintendo sixty four, WCW versus NWO World Tour. Uh, when I was younger, wrestling was a big part of my life. I really loved WCW, uh, the wrestler Sting, my favorite wrestler of all time, and this game, I must have had. Two of those, Rob, you know, you know, those uh, black and white notebooks that cost you like 99 cents that they still use. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had two of those notebooks filled front to back with matches and pay-per-views and things that I had set up through that game. Like I I played so many hours 
of that game. It was not even funny. Uh, number 33, Spider-Man, specifically the PS5 version. Uh, a game that just, wow, captures web, web swinging really well. Captures, I think, really the essence of Spider-Man. A really great story, amazing graphics. Tons of, like, to me, fun side quests. Nothing that really you, you felt like you had to do, but you just wanted to, specifically because the gameplay was so tight. Number 32, Arkham Origins. I think that is the most underrated game of that Arkham series. I love it. I think the story is really good. I know the game released with a ton of bugs, but once those patches hit, I think just a really, really good story that showed Batman, you know, in his first real year as the Dark Knight. A really good story with Alfred. I liked it a lot. Number 31, uh, I'm calling this game the Dolly Parton of video games. Uh, facelift after facelift after surgery after surgery. Uh, Skyrim. <laughs> you cannot. That's hysterical, and I'm surprised you have it. To yeah, um, you cannot get away from this game. Uh, they have done everything they can to keep it in the mainstream. A PS5 edition, a Switch edition, like a refrigerator edition. Yeah, like the Skyrim is just something that will not go away. And then number thirty, I'll take a second here to to talk about why I, I put both of these together. Um, it is the Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt uh, combined game that came with the original Nintendo. Now, uh, when I was a kid. I will say it was just me and my mom. Uh, my mom took care of everything for me, like everything. Probably put that woman through more hell than I should have. But um, I, I remember we were in, Rob, you might be the only one that remembers this um, from this group and maybe some of the listeners. Yeah. Uh, we were, my mother and I were at Ames. Do you remember when Ames was a thing, Rob? Oh, wow. Yes, I do remember Ames. Yes, that's that's how far back we're going. Um, we were cashing out, and I remember as a kid looking in the cart. We were walking out, and she was trying to surprise me with it, but there it was, a Nintendo with Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt together. Um, and that was, we got home, unboxed it. You know, my mom and I playing Mario, playing Duck Hunt, um, going back and forth and just a really, really great memory for, you know, somebody who was trying to do the best, the, the best they could, uh, given the situation. Um, and that was just one thing that, you know, she didn't have to do, but she did a lot of fond memories with that combo. That was a, you know, the, the package in, uh, of those two games together with the, the zapper was, um, really helps sell a lot of systems uh real quick just off the top of your head how many characters can you think of in gaming more annoying than that damn dog from duck hunt I, i'm i'm struggling um uh, yeah he's probably top three at least top three like i, I don't know what those other two are but he's got to be top three he he might be one and his ears are two and three like that <laughs> 
I, I know that everybody who's listening to this that's ever played Duck Hunt has tried to blast the dog with the zapper and, and just wanted so badly, just once, just once for it to work. Absolutely. You get right up against the screen and keep clicking yep. that trigger. <laughs> just keep pulling it as hard as you can. Just please, just one time, let me let this work. Harrison, you, uh, you got next. next. Okay, 34 through 30. Uh, 34, a game that was mentioned earlier by Rob Little Big Planet. Oh my gosh, that game rocked my world when it came out. That my dad bought us a PS3 for Christmas, and that was one of the games bundled in. Um, surprisingly, a game that my dad was excited about. And I remember me, my brother, my youngest sibling, and then my dad busting out the controllers because we got four of them for the first time ever. We had four controllers instead of just two on the PS2, and all of us played together. And those are some of my favorite memories. Um, 33, Zelda Orcarina of Time on the N64. Like I mentioned, I didn't have one, but the friend down the street with the green room did have one. And uh, I remember I came over to his house one day and he was playing. Uh, I specifically remember him playing the Orcarina uh, like you have to in the game. And I was like, what is this? Um, he lowered me up a new game and I remembered I would go over there and he was like walking me through how to beat it with the best strategies. That was a lot of fun. Um, another game next at 32 that I almost forgot about on the Game Boy Advance, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. <laughs> Just hear me out on this. Uh, I thought about this game and I wasn't going to include it. And then the more I thought about how much time I spent playing this, I'm glad I did. It's like, honestly, the best way I can describe it is like a Metroid game. You know, a Metroid slash Mega Man Mario game. You know, side-scrolling type thing. Very, very similar to a Metroid game where you got to go uh, to specific layers, beat specific bosses, then you get a specific upgrade, that type of thing. But Jimmy Neutron themed on um, the Game Boy, and it was so hard. But I was like, that, that was the first game where I felt like I, I was a completionist. Like, I understood what that meant. I had to get all the unlocks. I love that game. Uh, speaking of Metroid, though, right above that, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Um, that was one of the first Metroid games I played in a long time. Um, I just bought the Wii U. Uh, and my friend was like, here, I have Metroid Prime 3 on the Wii. Here, play it. And I, I did not want to give it back to him <laughs> like, I was because he just lent it to me. I, I love that game. I felt like the grappling hook was sweet. Great story. Kind of a, a light core element to it that made it really, really fun. I felt like it used the components of a Wii super well. Um, and then and in this section at number 30, Lego Batman. This was not on my list. And then I think it was you, Rob, who mentioned it. Somebody mentioned it earlier. And I was like, oh, I got to put that down. How did I forget? Oh, yeah. um, uh, specifically on the PSP, Lego Batman. Uh, I, I keep bringing up the PSP, but that was because I had a lot of games for it and I would lay in my bed when my mom thought I was asleep playing. And uh, Lego <laughs> Batman was one of those games. So, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a get off my lawn moment here for a second. Uh, when, when I was a kid, I also got in trouble. But see, I had a Game Boy and it was much harder for me because the Game Boy wasn't backlit. So my mom could look in and see the light under the covers as a, and uh, I didn't have the ability like cause I had to hold it like a flashlight with my mouth or kind of like aim it up in the air, which would almost never hit the screen. So I, I think everybody's gotten busted playing games in bed when they were supposed to be sleeping. But in my day, it was harder. Oh, yeah. The, the PSP was great for it, too, because it had a switch on the side where it wouldn't turn it off, but it would put it into like sleep mode. And you yep. could hit it at any point, no matter what you were doing, it would pause the game for you and put it in sleep mode. And it was right like where your palm is in your right hand. I had it down perfectly. If I heard the door opening, <laughs> I hit that sleep button with my palm as it's sliding under the pillow. 
with my back to the wall, just, but I'm asleep. Like, and then like every once in a while she'd come up to me and she'd like feel around the pillow and she'd grab for the PSP and like hold it up to her and the screen was off and she'd be like, okay, and put it on my headboard and like walk out of the room. And I was like, success. (laughs) 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 That sleep mode was like literally one of the smartest things they put on that thing. I accidentally on mine, I accidentally like would be entering sleep mode because if I was like, really like into a game and like I'm, my hands are flying around it. I would accidentally put it in sleep mode a couple of times. Oh yeah. That was frustrating, but it, but that was one of the best things they could do. Yeah. It came, it was frustrating sometimes, but it came in handy at night. <laughs> oh boy. What a, what a great story there. Uh, Brandon, you are up. I have 34. I have dark souls three. What a fitting conclusion to this trilogy. Like the last boss is gotta be like the most fitting for a finale to a whole trilogy worth of games. Number 33 would, I think, could be controversial. I have Bloodborne at number 33, and I have two Souls games ahead of it. It's normally people's favorite in the series, and I can see why. Like, just a dark, like, gothic horror setting. The way they include, like, H.P. Lovecraft story into there, like, it's just, it mixes so well. 32, I have Wii Sports. I remember the good like getting up there's some times where me and my brother would be like want to play wii sports sure and we just take the like and smack baseballs out of the sky number 31 i have mario odyssey just they did a really good job for it's so so far mario's first and only on the switch i don't understand how but like it's just a great way to incorporate new settings into mario as a whole and number 30 is a game that really got me into gaming as well. Kirby Superstar Ultra for the DS. This was a game I put a lot and a lot of hours when I was a kid. It just had a bunch of moments that I'll always remember. Like the battle against Meta and Galactonite was always like, those were the two like big bosses in my childhood. Oh my gosh, how did I forget if that I- game? Oh. <laughs> You know, I think everybody's mentioned Wii Sports by now. Um, I actually think if I wasn't such a coward, I probably would have ranked mine higher than where I had it. I mean, I remember knocking my brother out in boxing, so that's why it's so <laughs> high up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Wii Sports just, yeah, really looking forward to Switch Sports to see uh, what that's going to be like. But uh, number 29 for me as we're moving along here. Oh, hold oh, on, no, Rob. I'm sorry. You got to go, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> man, and, and the next five are, are like bangers for me. Like I, I'm looking at these five going, I have these too low. Uh, 34. I'm going back to Super Nest. Secret of Mana. Um, at a time where Square just absolutely dominated the just everything they put out was an all time classic. Here's here's one that for sure is an all time classic. Um I've played it on the uh, Super NES Classic. It doesn't really hold up like you think it did, but just for nostalgia reasons alone, I love this game. It's 34. 33, Mario Kart 8. I have this too low. Um, 32, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. New direction for the series. Um, I think everybody can remember the the level at the kind of like the bombed out... um, uh, circus, the the amusement park where you got to like wait forever and you got to set up the claymores um, at the uh, Ferris wheel and it's hard as crap. I think everybody can remember that level. 
Um, 31, Max Payne 3. I love this series overall. The third one really was compelling and interesting. It took the character kind of a new direction. It's a series that I'm surprised we haven't gotten a fourth entry into. And number 30 is Uncharted 3. Uh, more great set pieces, more great moments with Nathan Drake, just getting himself into impossible situations that you just smile the whole time that he's narrowly escaping death. Uh, I love that whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Some real good ones. Speaking of uncharted, uh, be actually going to see that tomorrow as we're, we're, we're recording this on a Saturday. Um, yeah. Be going to see uncharted tomorrow. Actually. I've heard it's really good excited about that um i'll let you know my thoughts so uh number 29 on my list moving forward is the original fable uh i remember this game was just it it was so cool and so kind of unique at the time even though there was a you know some maybe under delivered promises with this game but i remember i had a group of like five friends who we were all playing it and we would all have like something different going on just based on the way that we were playing it. Uh, so it was just really cool to have all of those stories about, oh, well, I was doing this and this is what I saw. So uh, one that I really, really liked. Number 28 is the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, a similar story with Sonic the Hedgehog, why it ranks so far um, up on my list is I remember eons ago now, um, when I was a, a wee lad, I asked my mother, can I open one gift early for Christmas? Is that cool? Um, I happened to open up a gift from my aunt Leslie. Uh, and what I opened up was Joe Montana football 95. Again, that's how far back we're going here. And what was interesting about opening Joe Montana football 95 is I didn't have a Sega Genesis. So, uh, I kind of looked at my mother and said, uh, why would they get this for me? I don't have a Sega, which led to me being able to open my Sega Genesis, uh, <laughs> <laughs> early. Um, I remember it was probably eight o'clock at night when I opened up the Sega Genesis. It was patch- packaged with Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, and again, my mom, God bless her. Uh, we stayed up until probably two in the morning uh, playing Sonic the Hedgehog together uh, when I was little. So uh, a game that I have a ton of fond memories with for very specific reasons. So uh, Sonic ranks at number 28 at number 27 Metal Gear Solid. I had never really played games like this when Metal Gear Solid came out. I remember they had that really interesting thing with you had to switch your controller over to player two in order to trick one of the bosses um, when he had you under like hypnosis. And I just found the gameplay in the story really, really cool. Just really intrigued by it. Uh, Number 26, a game that really reinvigorated a franchise that had seemed to become incredibly stale and is still running strong to this day with ports and uh, just came out with virtual reality. Uh, 26 is resident evil four. 
completely changed up how Resident Evil was played, how it was structured. That was really, really cool to me. Um, And a game, too, that's just gotten so many ports over time, rumored to have a remake coming out soon. Uh, That is, you know, 26 for me. And then to cap off this list, at number 25, I have NHL 94. Now... To put into perspective how much I played NHL 94, um, anybody know how long an NHL season is that's on right now? 162 games? No, that's baseball. That's baseball. 82. 82. So an NHL season is 82 games if there's not a shortened season. Um, I played 82 games with every single NHL team in that game. And there was 28 teams in that game. I played all 82 games when I had that and then got to the playoffs and picked, flipped a coin to pick one team from each round. And that would be the team that I was to play all games through the playoffs. So uh, when I say I put hundreds of hours into NHL 94, I mean hundreds of hours into NHL 94. So that caps off my part. Harrison? Wow. Just to give you some quick math, those 28 game, or twenty-eight teams with 82 games each, that's 2,296 games, just in yeah. case anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Th- that, was, that was my Snyder cut of Justice League before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, yeah, I'm doing 29 through 25. Yep. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, okay, 29. Uh, follow up to a game I mentioned earlier, Little Big Planet 2. I mentioned how I love the first one, I, and the second one was just even better. Uh, had an increased emphasis on user created worlds, both creating them and accessing them, which was awesome. Made the replayability incredible. Some people made some incredible water levels um, and inspired my brother and I to make a lot. Additionally, we found, I don't know if you could do this in the first one, but we found out in that one that you could like wave your arms around when you were just standing there, you could use the two joysticks to move their arms and you could like punch people. Uh, drove my sister nuts because we'd be like standing there waiting for it to load and we'd like punch her and she'd fall off the edge. And anyway, a uh, little big plan too. Um, above that, a, fall, a follow-up to a game that Rob just mentioned, uh, Legend of Mana on the PS1. Uh, similar experience. The same friend that had the green room. He had a PS1. <laughs> I went over to his house one day, and he sent there playing Legend of Mana. And he's like, hey, you want to play with me? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. He plugged in his second controller, and we played Legend of Mana, and it like opened a whole new world of gaming to me. Uh, there was... Uh, uh, it had a lore that I'd never seen in a game before. There was quests. Uh, we, had, we had farming. We had forging. There were spells. I mean, so many things that I was like, oh my gosh, you do this all in one game? Uh, and you have to keep track of all of it so that when you fight the boss or whatever, you, you can fight him better. And it was, I don't know, such a new experience from Crew Gaming. And I have a lot of fun memories sitting at my friend Daniel's house playing Legend of Mana. Um, right above that, at 27, uh, the only Final Fantasy game uh, besides the the city or that I mentioned earlier is Final Fantasy 13. Uh, same friend Daniel. I don't know why I'm bringing him up so much. We played a lot of games together. Uh, he, him and his brother were huge into Final Fantasy for my birthday, they gave me Final Fantasy 13 on the PS3, and it just rocked my whole world. I became so obsessed with that game. The Lightning, the main character, uh, I was extremely attracted to her. She was literally everywhere. Wallpaper on my phone, on my PSP, because uh, I was the time when I had a PSP. 
I, I was in junior high and I had a binder. Um, and it was, uh, her, she, I had a printout of her in like the front sleeve of the binder. <laughs> anyway, uh, Final Fantasy 13. Love that game. Loved it. Um, 26, Tony Hawk, Project 8 on the PSP. Uh, Tony Hawk games are a blast. Uh, that one in particular, just because that's the one I had and that's the one I played. Um, slightly beat out, though, by 25. I would be shocked if any of you have heard of this game. Hopefully some listeners have. On the PS2, one of the games that I spent the most hours playing with my brother on the PS2, Disney Extreme Skate Adventure, which is pretty much Tony Hawk with Disney characters. So you can be like Woody or Buzz skating around Andy's room. And instead of like grinding on a, a rail, you grind on like stacked dominoes. And instead of like a half pipe, you're like in a bathtub, uh, for example. You know, they had Tarzan, Lion King, uh, so on and so forth. My brother and I were huge in skating at the time, and we played Disney Extreme Skate Adventure for hours and hours and hours. That soundtrack, I still listen to because I, I loved it so much. So I'm curious, have any of you heard of that game? I have, I have heard not. of I did hear of that game, but I don't... I, I think I only heard of it just because of some weird like scrolling through a list and I had seen it, um, but like had never seen like gameplay videos. Like I've never actually physically seen anything except for like knowing that the game existed. Oh my gosh. It, it, it was such a fun game. I mean, like, like, especially when you're young, like take the fun simplicity of a Tony Hawk game and then just add like anything fun from, uh, like Disney that you love. Uh, Seriously, you, you could like skate around the Lion King as Pumbaa on like a, a tiki mask. It was awesome. Hmm. That's I'm gonna have to like try and look that up just to to get a glimpse at that. Yeah, it was a blast. Brandon, let me open up my list again. This is his, these next five, except for two other, is basically the Nintendo list. Twenty nine. I have Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Probably, I would say it's one of the better just full-on stories in Zelda. Plus, this, the relationship of Zelda and Link are probably handled the best in this game. Thank God I got remastered on the Switch. Because the Wii, the Wii motion controls aren't really the greatest. Number tw- I'll combine 28 and 27. Because this is probably, in terms of platformers, this is up with Nintendo's, like, this is Nintendo's biggest, biggest, like, successes. Kirby's Return to Dreamland and Kirby's Planet Robobot. Both of these games, you would not expect them to be like that great, but man, what makes the series great is all in these games. The abilities, the bosses, the final bosses, which, surprise, Planet Robobot's final boss is probably my second favorite of all time. Number 26, I have Kingdom Hearts 1. This is actually the second Kingdom Hearts game I played, aside from 358 over two days. I just remember like falling in love with the Disney characters were a big help. This is really how I got introduced to Final Fantasy as well. Just amazing memories. Number 25, I have Kena Bridge of Spirits. This oh. game, if you if you were to describe this game, this is a really good Pixar movie. Just the story and the characters, it really is like an old Disney movie that you will go back to and watch. Also, if you get a chance to play that game, um, 
play it and then tell me that they shouldn't make an Avatar The Last Airbender game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, my next five, as I'm looking at the next, actually the next 15 that I'm going to be uh, running through, I'm looking at every single one of these going, how do I have this game this low? Literally every single one of these, I'm going, I can't believe I ranked this game this low. I would have thought for sure this would have been top 10. Uh, 29, I've got the most recent edition of God of War. Um, probably could have done without Kratos being such a dick all the time to his son, because I think he should have learned his lesson by now. But outside of that, the game has very, very few things that I dislike about it. Um, maybe a bit long, but outside of that, it's, it's fantastic. 28, Halo 4. Uh, the story is still confusing as all hell, but just the actual gameplay itself is a total blast. Uh, 27, Call of Duty Black Ops was probably my favorite campaign of all the Call of Duty uh, series. Um, was really a page turner. I was really excited to see kind of what was going to happen next with it. I, I was really into that. Uh, 26, Gears 3. Very emotional moment in this game. Will really hit you. Um Highly recommend it. The Gears games just pretty much get better as they go. And 25, a game I am shocked is this low. Uh, Fallout 3. I did every single quest in that game, every mission in that game. I did every single DLC mission. I put a lot of time into that game and um, was was actually kind of sad when it was over. Not that I didn't feel like I had a complete experience, but it was just kind of like, oh, no, that's done now. Um, it was really my first introduction to the fallout world and the tongue in cheek humor, the satire, um, just really clever writing, great characters, um, a lot of great user choice, but I think sometimes user choice in games, it's almost overdone to the point where like, I'm a kind of person that I'll feel like I get afraid that I'll miss something if I choose the wrong thing. But in this, it, it really it's the right amount of choice without being too much. Um, and again, I cannot believe I have that at 25. Yeah, Rob, it's almost like uh, when you, Harrison, and myself, and, you know, when we did our separate uh, recap of the Marvel Universe, you know, oh, well, I really like this movie, but man, I have it ranked 16th, but it's because these other 15 are just so good that it's, it feels weird to rank something. And again, like, okay, 25, like that's not, you know, that's not bad, but yeah, as we get closer and closer and closer, it's just like, well, could I flip a coin? And on Tuesday, I feel differently. And like, now this is 17. Like, yeah, it just, it it gets weird, not weird, but it's, it it messes with you about where you should put this game. Yeah, I think without putting like some kind of crazy formula together, an algorithm where you rank a game is just overall fun and, you know, rank the gameplay, rank the graphics or just, you know, come up with some kind of numerical metric. Um, there's almost no way to really be like totally happy that you have the definitive version of your list from mm-hmm. like 30 through maybe like I feel pretty good about my top 10, uh, but, you know. 11 through 30, it could shift five or six either direction and it would still make sense to me. Yeah. Um, Moving ahead with my list at number 24, Rob, you had mentioned this game um, back a little bit further as something like, hey, I'm looking at you. But number 24 for me, Assassin's Creed Origins. I was done 
with the Assassin's Creed franchise. Done. Uh, I did not really enjoy some of the other games that had come and gone. Um, Gameplay bugs, just not an interesting story to me. And once they kind of moved on past like what the main storyline was from the original games, I just lost interest. But the setting of Assassin's Creed Origins, scaling the pyramids, and yeah, this game is long. There are a ton of side things to do. But just the sheer, like, how gorgeous this game was to me. Um, I actually 100% of this game. I did not care that I had to run all over the map and climb pyramids and just, you know, do countless hours of side quests um, to collect star constellations. I, I did all of them. Like Assassin's Creed Origins got me back into Assassin's Creed when I thought I was I was done with it. Uh, 23, uh, Prince of Persia, a, a game that's actually got a remake coming out very soon. Are you sure? I know, yeah, I'm not sure because it keeps getting delayed, actually. I shouldn't say that. Um, but a, a really fun concept, you know, you, you had the dagger, you could turn, you know, you could rewind the sands of time. I just love that game. I actually really love the series. Uh, none of the other games for the the trilogy captured me as much as the first one, but you know, taking those, they actually spoil alert when you get to the third, the end of it. It's actually the beginning of the first, which I thought was really clever and actually really well done. Uh, so, Prince of Persia number twenty three on my list. Uh, twenty two, a game probably I don't think any of you have ever played or maybe not even heard of. Uh, It was called X-Men 2, and it was on the Sega Genesis. The very first X-Men game that you could play as Magneto, and let me tell you, I played as Magneto until basically my fingers were bleeding. Um, Just a really fun game, really fun story, tight gameplay. I just absolutely love that game. Have so many fond memories of it. Number 21 Red Dead Redemption, uh, another game, huge open world, just a remarkable story. I mean, Rob, you probably know this. I could probably do a whole nother segment on talking about Red Dead Redemption Nightmare. Um, Oh, yeah. Just an amazing DLC. But man, uh, what a great story for the time that it came out. The graphics were absolutely incredible. Uh, just a game that I sunk hour after hour after hour into for Red Dead Redemption. Um, and then capping off this part, at number 20, Arkham City. Uh, a game that, you know, first it was Arkham Asylum that proved, oh man, you can do good comic movies. Um, with super. You can do good superhero games, I mean. What an incredible combat system, and Arkham City just absolutely expanded on everything for that. I thought showed the amazing dynamic between Batman and the Joker. I thought the story with Hugo Strange was amazing. Some really great boss battles. Just a game that I, again, had no problem 100%ing everything that you could do in that I wanted to do just so I could play as Batman, grapple up, sneak down on people, try and pull off 100-hit combos. 
just Arkham City was, man, what a game for me. Some of those Riddler trophies were pretty frustrating, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there there was definitely some frustration, but it, it was it still was masked out by the fact that I get to beat up bad guys as Batman in a pretty flawless game for the most part. So, so am I next? Okay. We're moving along, man. That's this is All right. Wow. Yeah, we're almost near the end. Okay. Um, so twenty four, uh, Mario Kart on the Nintendo sixty four. Again, same friend house with the green room. Uh, after we had a tournament on uh, Super Smash Brothers, we thought it'd be a good idea to have a tournament on Mario Kart. Oh my gosh, was it hard? That Rainbow Ro- Road course is impossible. I, I just got to say, Rainbow Road has gotten so much easier. <laughs> um, following that right away, Mario Kart Wii. I remember uh, Mario Kart, or the Wii came out, and then Mario Kart came out on that. The Mario Kart tournament transferred from one friend's house to another friend's house so we could play Mario Kart Wii. Uh, it was a blast. Now, this is kind of the Nintendo section. Following that, Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Game Boy Advance. I remember for my birthday, I was gifted like, is like a special edition Game Boy Advance. It was black um, that specifically came with uh, Mario Brothers 3, and that was the only way to get the black Game Boy. Um, and that was the first game that I had. Uh, first Mario game I'd ever played. Oh my gosh, spent hours playing that. Additionally, when my brother got a Game Boy, you could play two-player, and it was two-player Super Smash Brothers. Uh, or not Super Smash Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, the, like the original. Um, but you were playing against each other. Oh my gosh, hours and hours and hours playing that. Um Again, another Mario game, Super Mario Brothers U on the Wii U. This is a quick story about this. Do you guys know those, like, specifically for games like Mario, those walkthrough books that, like, show you where all, like, the, the big star coins are and all the secret areas and those, those things, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've owned many of those in my lifetime, and I'm sad that those are kind of mostly disappearing in an age of YouTube walkthroughs because those right. are, like, an iconic piece of gaming to me. Oh, yeah, same. Uh, in fact, when I just to go back, when I got Super Mario Brothers 3 with the black Game Boy, it came with a walkthrough book. And that was the first walkthrough book I ever had. So then when I had a Wii U and Super Mario Brothers U came out, I had to get the walkthrough book. And it was like reliving that on the Game Boy. But my friend came over. Uh, Nate is his name, if he's listening. Um, and him, Nate, myself, and my brother, we every day after school, we would play that to get to 100%. And I remember we would eat... Uh, at Costco, if you guys have ever been to Costco, they have pre-cooked bacon. So all you have to do is like microwave it for like 15 seconds or 10 seconds, and you got delicious bacon. We would just down like packages and packages of this pre-cooked bacon while we played uh, Mario. <laughs> very, very uh, cl- distinct memories. Um, and we got to 100%. I remember when we finally did, it was like the most glorious day ever we celebrated. Uh, it was really hard. It took a long time. Uh, and then rounding this one out at number 20, um, Trine 2, the director's cut on Wii U. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that game. It was randomly a game that my brother and I decided to download. It's like a digital only uh, on the eShop. Uh, I had like an eShop gift card and we were looking for something to play. Oh, fantastic co-op game. I talk about how most of my gaming experiences with co-op games, and that is a fantastic one. It's a four-player kind of side-scrolling fantasy game where uh, one person plays as a sage, one person plays as a knight. I don't remember the other characters because I was always the knight and my brother was a sage. Each with different abilities, and you have to work together to be able to complete the level. Like As far as co-op goes, that is a fantastic game. Uh, love that game. Super fun to play. You know what's interesting is like 
I think almost all of us for sure have a similar memory to playing Super Mario Brothers and eating pre-cooked bacon with our friends. Um, just like you switch out the game, you switch out the friends and you switch out the the snack. You know, for me, it was, you know, a bunch of friends sitting around drinking Surge. Um, some of you are probably too young to know what Surge was. It was this great beverage. Coke, if you're listening, bring bring back Surge. Um, we, were, we would just be drinking like two liter after two liter of this sitting around somebody's living room uh, or somebody's bedroom playing whatever game it was at the time. And it really, it really makes me sad that so many developers are not um, prioritizing couch co-op the way they used to. I mean, going back to a lot of people's fondest memories of gaming, it wasn't online gaming for, for many of us and maybe the next generation, it will be, um, you know, online gaming. But for a lot of us, some of our fondest memories and some of the games that rank highest for us are because of the couch co-op and the memories uh, that we had as a result of it that, you know, you can't even play co-op at all, in any way on the new Halo Infinite. It's eventually going to release, but it doesn't, I mean, it, it'll be months before that's available. Um, and for Halo 5, um, my son and I recently went through and played all the Halo games together. Um, we did all of them through co-op and almost in all of them, we could play split screen until you got the five. And then I had to actually play on my phone through, I had to sign up for game pass and play on my phone while he played on the Xbox it was the only way we could do it. Um, and the newest one, you can't even do it all. It's, it just really seems like it's something that people are not prioritizing. Um, and it's sad because there's so many great memories. So many people have. Yeah, it's a great point. That's a shame. Uh, that is a lot of fond memories of uh, of that kind of co-op. So, uh, Brandon, take it away with your list. All right, twenty four. This is a game that when it when I finish it, I really kind of like. I kind of overhated it a little bit. I was a little bit disappointed with just how it ended up being. But after like a playthrough, a very great third DLC released. Number twenty four is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. It really captures like the essence of the show, even to where they recreated the very first opening of the show in the game. And that was that was something special when I first saw it. Number 23, a game that a fighting game that I fell in love with very fast after like a month of release. Guilty Gear Strive. Such a nice looking, well put together game with amazing online which is something that you don't normally get in fighters, especially not like back like earlier games. But now it's basically made it like the normal. Like we need this type of netcode for all these games. Number 22, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. I remember, so when this game got ported to PS4, the second to last boss was so hard that they had to nerf it. So it's kind of a like prideful memory being like I I beat that when I when it was on the DS. But met a lot a lot of tries were on that boss right there. Number 21 is we've talked about the reasons why we're gamers. This game is 100% why I'm into games now. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. It recently got remastered like a year ago, I think. But man, I when I had a PS2 as a kid, I would just sit down there and you wouldn't see me for like a couple hours. Like it's so I probably should have the movie game on my list because it's really good as well. But they just capture like what SpongeBob is and why people love the franchise. 
Number 20, I have The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I mean, what else could be said? It's just a classic story, story, amazing, like amazing ending, which somehow ended up in all this timeline stuff. It's a fantastic game throughout Nintendo's history. Yeah, so going over to 24 on my list, uh, Matt, you had yours way too low. And I look at this and I am like embarrassed I have it this low. Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, this this game was, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's great sci-fi. It's great writing, great characters, great voice acting. Um, I defy you to find better voice acting in games than, than what we get in Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, the newest game is out. I've not had a chance to pick it up yet, but I'm hearing it's even better. Um, I love the world that they built. I love just everything they've done with it. Uh, love the main character. Aloy is probably one of my favorite main characters in, in all of gaming. Um, really excited to jump back in and see what we get next uh, from her. I, I cannot, I'm like actually really frustrated that I wasn't able to figure out a way to rank this higher than 24. Um, 23, God of War 3. Um, wow, just a great, just cap. It built from the first two, it built on to what was happening story-wise. Um, you didn't feel like you powered up so much and then had to power down to restart the new game. Um, it really gave it an interesting ending that you weren't sure how they were going to continue on from the series. Um, 22, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, by far my favorite of the Ezio trilogy. It's the middle of the three Ezio games. Um, the reason I really have such fond memories of this one, small map, you didn't have to run all over the place. That's one of the things I really disliked about the third Assassin's Creed that took place during the Revolutionary War is just the map is way too big. It's one of the things I really like about the Spider-Man game that came out for PlayStation recently. You know, it's a, it's an open world, but it's a small map. You don't try to do too much. Everything feels self-contained. Um, you feel like you can really get to know where everything is. 21, I have Star Fox 64. Um, not even really necessarily for the campaign. This is mostly just for the uh, the versus mode, the multiplayer mode. So many great memories of sleepovers at friends' houses, staying up to all hours of the night. Um, my friends actually made a rule that I wasn't allowed to use a tank because it it just it was unfair to them. Because uh, with the tank, it, they were just done. Uh, and rounding out the top twenty for me is GTA Four. After many years of not having new GTA content. They came back and they came back with a vengeance, with a really compelling story, new kind of gameplay uh, methods and things like that. Um, really compelling characters. And uh, and I think because 5 has just stuck around for as long as it has, people kind of forget how good GTA 4 was when it first came out. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I do remember, like I said, I mean, I never played a Grand Theft Auto game, but because of how long GTA five has stayed in the limelight. Uh, I do think you're right, Rob. It's GTA four kind of got lost in the shuffle of how well that game was received when it first came out. Um, I saw something after. really, I saw something really funny the other day. It was something along the lines of the PS two had three GTAs. GTA five has had three playstations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh gosh, it, it has because you it started in the Xbox 360, PS3 era. Obviously, it was ported to four and was most recently ported to five. Yep. So, well, uh, we're here um, to cap off this this portion here. So, 
Uh, number 19 is Mass Effect 2, uh, a game that, for me, built on everything of the first one. More choices, more characters, a really, really cool ending where, again, your choices mattered. Um, it literally determined who lived and who died based on what groups you picked for the final mission. Um I just really enjoyed the story. I thought the DLC for it was top notch. Um, a, a game that again, just thoroughly enjoyed uh, number 18. Uh, I, what I am going to call the greatest sports game of all time. And that is NFL 2k five. Um, absolutely. There has not been another football game like it. Madden, you know, once EA cornered the market, Madden just stopped trying. But NFL 2K5 had literal halftime shows with Chris Burt with a virtual reality. Chris Berman showed highlights from games, showed scores, stats. Everything about this game was top notch. And with a price tag of $20, uh, to me, this is this is the best sports game that's ever existed. Uh, way ahead of its time and a, a shame that EA got their hands on on the football license because it completely went downhill once it was, you know, monetized by one company. Number 17, Arkham Asylum. Now, I know I said Arkham City expanded on everything, but, you know, you can't downplay what Arkham Asylum meant for superhero video games because uh rob i know you've seen a lot of them we we've had some bad ones you know we've had superman 64 um (laughs) we've had video game uh you know we've had movie tie-ins for video games that are just uh, unbelievably bad you know terrible graphics terrible gameplay but this this really was the game that said, oh, man, you you can make this work. Uh, so Arkham Asylum and then number 16, capping off this portion of top 100 video games is Final Fantasy seven remake. Now, this is a game once all is said and done, I will say could very easily will be being my be my number one video game of all time. Uh, the only reason it's not higher is because we're not really sure how many they're going to do. Uh, you know, it looks like maybe it'll be at least three parts with part one, you know, already released part two, getting some information probably this year from what we're hearing. Uh, but we're getting new information this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's guaranteed. Uh, a series that, I just love Final Fantasy VII, the characters that are involved with it, and what they did with Part One, the gameplay, how they've reinvigorated the story, what it looks like they're doing with all other mediums of the property. This is just such an achievement. And again, depending on how this plays out and what we get, this will more than likely shoot all the way up to number one on my list once all is said and done if we ever re-ranked um so capping off for me is final fantasy 7 remake okay so my turn to close us out um or i guess close out my section here um so 
Just to 16, right? Just to make sure. Yes, just to 16. Okay, just double checking. Okay. So, 19, Pokemon Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, my gosh. I, I There's another Pokemon game that uh, will be ne- mentioned next episode on the Game Boy Advance. That is what I played first to spend the most hours playing. Uh, but when this game came out, specifically when you could do a wheelie on the bike, it, like, blew my brain. So, I have very, very fond memories of playing Pokemon Sapphire. Big fan of the Pokemon games, particularly that kind of era on the Game Boy Advance. Um, number 18... Oh my gosh, I love this game. PlayStation All-Stars. Uh, if anyone's ever heard of it, if you haven't, it's pretty much Super Smash Brothers, but for PlayStation. Uh, same idea, where they take Sony's PlayStation's characters, uh, put them in a brawler against each other, and it is so much fun. The gameplay is really, really good. Sometimes, I don't know if people feel like this when you play Smash, sometimes the moves don't feel crisp, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like I'm trying to do one thing and then something else happens, and... Yeah. I yep. never have ever felt that way playing with PlayStation All-Stars. I always felt what I intended to do is what happened. Just the, the controls, they really got down well. That To me, I was impressed that more people didn't jump on it. Additionally, the difference in characters that they had and how uniquely they were played. Uh, it, yeah, I can't say enough good about PlayStation All-Stars. My brother and I, um, when he's home, we still play it. Um, above that... Another game that I have fond memories of, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, on any platform, but specifically on the PSP. Uh, again, PSP, that's yeah, so why I played a lot of games. Uh, I love that game. This uh, Great gameplay. Uh, again, on the PSP, the graphics weren't incredible, but man, I played hours and hours and hours and hours of that game, particularly online. I remember when there was an update that came out to the PSP that allowed you to play online with Battlefront 2. Um, man, what a blast. Um, specifically playing at uh, Kashyyyk. That was my favorite map. Anyway, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, and then to end out my section for this, uh, uh, this part, uh, I almost said Star Wars Battlefront again. Whoops. Uh, 16 is Zelda the Wind Waker HD, the remastered on the Wii U. I think Brandon mentioned Wind Waker earlier. It was one of those Zelda games that I missed until it was remastered on the Wii U. And I remember I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for the Breath of the Wild to come out, which we know how long that took, which actually was originally announced when the Wii U came out. Like, that was one of the titles I couldn't wait to buy when I bought my Wii U. Um, so while I waited, I got Wind Waker HD, and I loved it. I felt, I, I, Brandon, remind me if I'm wrong. I think you said that this was kind of an underrated title in Zelda, and I agree with you. I think that it is a great story. I, I love the gameplay, um, and uh, I like... Uh, how, how you how different it feels from the rest of them while also still feeling right at home as a Zelda game. Um, yeah, when it released, it was underrated. I think now more than ever, like over the ages, people grew to understand and love it. Like right now, it's probably one of the most popular Zelda games, I would say. Oh, cool. Yeah, when, when Wind Waker was first released, like there were so many people upset with that game. Like for the simple sake of the art direction, of the game like a i love lot of, tune link yeah like a lot of people had a problem with it though but I, like brandon said it, it's a game that over time you know it's uh rob you'll get the reference it, it's much like the movie the thing you know ter- <laughs> like terrible reviews no no box office success whatsoever and then over time the thing's considered like one of the greatest like sci-fi movies ever made 
Um, and, and Wind Waker now has a, a huge following of people who, yeah, have been like, oh, yeah, we were way too harsh on this game. Kind of reminds I, me of Boondock Saints. Quick plug for the EPU. Boom! <laughs> Um, I'll also say about the Wind Waker, I, a totally unnecessary thing that they didn't have to add, uh, the relationship between Link and his boat. I don't remember the name of his boat, if it even has his name. What a fantastic relationship. I was not prepared for that when I started this game. Uh, have very comedic moments, but great relationship between a boat. I thought you were anyway. going to mention the Triforce quest right there. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's many things I can mention about that game. Yeah. <laughs> all right brandon all right 19 okay 19 i have majora's mask specifically the nintendo 64 version i feel like the 3ds kind of took out some spots that makes the original great and what a like what a tone that for a company you wouldn't think would be able to make a game as unsettling as this there's the overall story of Termina and its citizens, it's done amazingly from a family-friendly company as Nintendo. 18, I have Mario Galaxy 2. Now, the thing that really only, like, I have Mario Galaxy up higher, spoilers. The only thing that really settles this lower is their lack of story. Other than that, the worlds, the power-up, they added Yoshi to it. Just so much fun. 17, I have the original Final Fantasy VII. Pro- holds easily top five protagonist ever for me in Cloud Strife. Does his story and what he goes through, it's so good. But you can't have Cloud Strife without the villain, Sephiroth. Does an iconic, like, when you hear those drums in the opening, like, you know fear. And it's just so, like, so well written. Number 16, I have Spider-Man for the PS5. Speaking of well written, such a good interpretation of Peter Parker. The villains, like, are handled great, especially the final villain. From the line you knew and on is, like, 10 out of 10 writing. And I cannot wait for Venom in 2023. Cannot wait. Yeah, uh, that Spider-Man game, um, you know, much like what we have said with the Arkham games, it's proof that licensed games don't have to be terrible. And licensed games normally are. You know, it's funny, Matt, you were talking about how bad a lot of the uh, movie tie-in games are. Um, Do you remember at all the tie-in game for Wolverine, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine? Did you play that at all ever? Did I play it? I mean, (laughs) it's such a a contrast. Like the game's actually fun. They have a sentinel level in there. The the body damage mechanic on Logan is really good. Um, And then, unfortunately, it's functional, right? Right. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, (laughs) the movie is not functional. You get you get to the end though, and it still shows you. You know eyes wide shut i'm probably logging in with a credit card website deadpool lookalike um <laughs> just <laughs> unbelievable they, they the the game's really good until the end because it reminds you of that crap fest movie but you know what here's the thing it it actually makes deadpool 2 that much funnier 
I mean, that yeah. that kind of makes it worthwhile, I think. That's the reason to watch that movie, is so that Deadpool 2 is funnier to you. This is true. Uh, all right. So well, I'm going to start I, at 19. Oh, I just want to Go jump ahead. in super quick and say two comments about Brands List. One, Majora's Mask, thank you for reminding me of like legitimate nightmares I had of that moon uh, from the Nintendo 64. <laughs> Oh my god, it's crazy. I was young enough that same same friend with the green room, I was watching him play, and that moon came out of there, and I legitimately had nightmares for days. Uh, So yeah, that game really did have a great uh, vibe to it. Uh, Additionally, did I understand correctly that they're making a Venom game in the same lines of the Spider-Man games they made? Is that what you said? There's going to be Spider-Man 2 with Peter Miles, and in the trailer, they're looking into an alley... And first of all, it's Craven talking, and he's asking if someone will beat him, and Venom's just in the alley, and he goes, yes, we will. And it's just Venom's face, and I remember, like, I had a box of, like, goldfish, and I was just shaking the box. I was like, what? <laughs> a box of goldfish. I wish I had one of those, but that's sweet. Okay, mm. sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, Brandon, go back and play Maximum Carnage for the Super Nintendo if you get a chance, if you if you like Venom. It's it's a blast. Uh, and by the way, read the Maximum Carnage uh, graphic novel from way back in like the 90s, I think is when that came out, because that's really good, too. Um, all right. So 19 Super Mario World still holds up to this day. I was playing this with my kids on uh, my Super NES Classic. Um, still a ton of fun. What was really interesting, and they talked about this when they released Halo for the Xbox. One of the things that Microsoft borrowed from Nintendo, Nintendo's really smart with how they release new consoles. And one of the things that they do is the big game that everybody either is, you know, you get the game with the purchase, which nobody does anymore, or it's the game that everybody has to own is the game teaches you how to play their new controller. And Super Mario World used, I want to say, every button on that new Super NES controller, which was like way more buttons than what the NES had. I mean, the NES just had your directional pad, and it had like B and A, and then start and select. Well, now you've got X, Y, and L and R added. And this game not just was a blast to play, but it taught you how to use the controller uh, for every game you'd play for that system moving forward. Um, Really a lot of fun. Loved playing as Yoshi, uh, just added new wrinkles to that that same Mario mechanic that we knew. Number 18, I can't believe I have this this low. The Last of Us Part 2. Um, really interesting story. I loved every moment of the story. Loved the graphics. Um, it's, an, it's a dark story. It's a compelling story. Really plays with the concepts of right and wrong, love and hate, loyalty. Um, friendship family i mean it goes to some dark places um nobody's really right nobody's truly wrong really a twist uh, and i'm not going to give anything away if you haven't played it but there's there's really a twist to this that you don't see coming um that i think is is really kind of compelling uh 17 halo reach if you had read any of the expanded stuff with Halo, if you're a Halo super fan like me, um, you kind of already know the story of Reach. Uh, the planet gets glassed, and there's not a lot of survivors. So you've got, and, and really, if you've read that and you see the beginning of the game, and you see the Spartan helmet with just the bullet hole through it, and then it kind of, you know, that's how it opens, and then it flashes back to the the events of the game. 
it really plays out like a Shakespearean tragedy in that you already know or have a very good idea that most of these characters you get introduced to are going to be dead by the end of it. And you're going to assume that the character you play as, maybe he's got a chance to get off, uh, but most likely Noble Six is going down too. And it looks like you're making progress. You keep doing a little bit better. You keep getting introduced to this really interesting story. And then a couple people have to sacrifice themselves. A couple people, you know, more members of the of the noble crew get taken out or die. And then it becomes very apparent from that moment on, none of you are going to survive this mission. Um, and it's just, it's really, again, it's also kind of dark and very compelling from a story standpoint. It's probably my favorite Halo story, I think, of, of all of them. Uh, and my last one, uh, 16, Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate. Um, it had just it had all of these characters but it wasn't bloated there wasn't too many characters there was enough that you could have your four or five or maybe six favorites um the thing i loved most was on the ultimate edition you could do 2v2 or you could do 3v3 where you each picked two guys or you, you know two fighters or three fighters and you could tag them in and out uh, so my personal favorite rundown, which if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, uh, send us your favorite Mortal Kombat rust roster. You know, who is your favorite? Who did you like to use? If you're also a fan of Mortal Kombat three, who was your, you know, who was your two person tag team? Who was your three person tag team? Uh, mine was Noob Cybot, Baraka. And then I didn't usually need the third, but I would throw Raiden in because uh, usually those first two it would get me just about where I needed to be. Played a lot of this game uh, as a freshman in college and a sophomore in college uh, with a lot of guys on my dorm. And uh, it was a great way for us to get to know each other and bond and, uh, you know, meet all these new people we were going to be living with was was over Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate. Rob, I am so sad I forgot Halo Reach. I, oh, you mentioned the story. I just super, super sidebar. I was when I was younger, I was in the scout program and one of my scout leaders, his son love the halo games and so he got interested and read all the books like every single halo book and i remember i was yep. pretty young sitting at the scout camp sitting around a fire at night like freezing my everything off and uh he pretty much tells us the whole story of halo and, and i was like what is this and then halo reach came out and i remember i would go over to my friend's house and watch him play the game just so I could experience the story of it. Like I didn't even need to play it. I was just there for the story. Uh, yeah. And then playing it was even better. So I'm so Yeah. The, the noble team, I really, uh, for whatever reason I really connected to, and I, I felt like they were maybe the most fleshed out uh, of all of the kind of groups of people that we got to see throughout this series. And uh, it made it that much more tragic when they start dying. Agreed. And then you get to the end and the final mission is survive. Can I, I'm going to make a quick comparison. Halo Reach, Star Wars Rogue One. Very yeah. much so. In, incredibly so. Incredibly so. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a quick curveball here as we've, we've closed out 39 through 16. I'm going to throw a quick curveball here. So we're going to go over favorite video game genre. We're going to go in the same order. Uh, we're going to go favorite uh, movie video game adaptation and one curveball. Is there a system that you regret not owning? Um, so I'm going to go first with my favorite video game genre. Uh, it, it has to be RPGs, just the amount of time that you can put into them, the story, customizing your character, 
leveling up, maybe having to go through second playthroughs. Um, I just I absolutely love these. Again, maybe if EA Sports had monopolized sporting games um, and absolutely just turned them into, hey, it's the same game, we just slapped a new number on it, sports games maybe could have still like held a spot. But w- once that happened... Uh, it's really difficult to play a sports game anymore for me, but for me, RPGs are are, are the way to go. Um, Harrison, you're you're up next for this topic. Oh man, this is really really hard to pick. If I have to mention, I I don't know if this really counts as a genre. I'm just gonna say co-op games, uh, but more than just like a game where you can play with multiple people, a game that uses cooperative play well into the actual gameplay where it's a significant part of gameplay that makes it better or makes it different uh Mm -hmm. where it's like something that you're like oh i'm just playing this game with another person where it's like i want to play this game with another person because that cooperation and the unique experience of having two or three or four players is what makes it better i'm thinking of like um ratchet and clank all for one i'm thinking of some of the mario games i'm thinking of um some of the games i haven't mentioned yet uh, you know, like I said, a lot of my gaming experience was co-op. And so those games where it was like, it's not just, oh, me and my brother are playing together because that's how my mom makes us play. It's like, no, I, I want to because <laughs> playing with him, it makes the game better. Um, so, yeah, a lot that I'm going to mention later. Nice. Brandon. I would love to say fighting games, like just because of all the stuff outside of the game as well, like tournaments. Like, there's a fighting game up on, like, next part that, like, honestly, good matches of those games, you can't be anything of it. But you guys will see, like, RPGs and JRPGs are all over, like, my top five. So I just have to say that. Plus, I guess Elden Ring comes as an RPG. And if that keeps going the way it's going, it's about to be, like, top 15 at least. So... Rob, you're up. <laughs> I, you know, it was really kind of hard to pick this. I'm going to go RPG as well. And part of the reason why I, I, I just ultimately came to this choice, virtually every game out there now has some kind of RPG element, or it has a skill tree, or it has some kind of leveling up. And you really, like, it's the RPG basics and the core mechanics of them have really kind of invaded all other types of gaming from first person shooters to third person action games. Um, there's ele- even sports games have elements of RPG leveling uh, built in and increasing your character's power abilities. Um, but the main reason, one of the big reasons I'm going to choose it though, is you don't get story in other games like you do in RPG. It's, you can't have an RPG with a piss poor story or a story that's just kind of tacked on or just not thought out. You may not necessarily enjoy the writing, but you at least admire the fact that the story is front and center. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very, very good point. So moving on to the next question, our favorite video game movie. And for me, it is hands down Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, this is a movie that, you know, let's face it, video game movies. Um, geez. I mean, we have had mortal Kombat annihilation. We have had Mario brothers. We have had street fighter. We have had double dragon. 
we have had Prince of Persia with with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, like we have had bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. And I did Multiple not resident evils. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I did not think that. So- I was like, how would Sonic the Hedgehog? How, how, how could Sonic the Hedgehog be the one that breaks the curse? Now, again, this is my opinion. Um, I, I think the box office and a lot of user reviews agree with me, but Sonic the Hedgehog is fun. It, like, it's fun. It's funny. Sonic is great. I give all the credit in the world to the studio for listening to fans and going back and changing Sonic's design because they were like, get the hell out of here. Like, you better fix that now. Um, and they did, to their credit. Like, they didn't have to do that, but they did it. And how cool, like, to me... So cool to see Jim Carrey back to what I thought was form. Like, great to see him in a movie that I like him in. I thought he played Dr. Eggman just so well. I love this movie. I am like, I am so hyped for the sequel. It's not even funny. Like, I can't even begin to describe how much I just want to watch the sequel because I had such a good time with Sonic. It's easily, hands down for me, my favorite one. Uh, so that leaves me next. I was uh, going to say the new Monster Hunter movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that movie is not, like, not great. Um, uh, speaking of Resident Evil movies, you made me think of that Monster Hunter movie because it's the same director. Um, I was going to say, because Rob pointed this out at the beginning, I was going to say Wreck-It Ralph because that movie is phenomenal. If you don't understand my love for it, I have an episode about it. You can go check out on the basement bench. But I feel like that's not a video game movie. I feel like it's a movie that has elements of video games in it. Like like it wasn't based off a game. Um, so to pick something that is more of a video game movie, I'm going to agree with everything that Matt just said. Sonic the Hedgehog. I actually wanted to see the movie because of the response that it had. Uh, I I I loved it. I think it is super fun. I think the performance of everybody involved, especially Jim Carrey, makes it a fantastic movie. And I feel like it captures the spirit of like these characters in a really, really great way. Even though I don't have a super rich history with them, the the small part that I do, I feel like this is just good fun. Um, yeah, and and like Matt said, surprisingly, the one that broke the curse that you would not expect. Brandon, I. I'm going out on a limb and saying I don't know if you have a different opinion right now. I mean, at this point, I'm just going to talk about this sequel. <laughs> it, <laughs> it looks like, honestly, it looks like they looked at the results of the first Sonic movie and went, all right, people like this. Let's go crazy with the second movie. Let's bring in the Death Egg Robot. Let's bring in Knuckles. Let's bring in the Master Emerald. But, like... It's great that we're getting a sequel because the first movie was really, really good. Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I, I would probably if my favorite movie that's pretty much a video game um, is Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I know it's not necessarily a game adaption, but they just it, that movie was made by people who appreciate games like there was 
there's a love for gaming that just absolutely bleeds through every decision, every character, all of the writing, all of the animation. Um, this is not somebody who, you know, they just took the job because it was available. This these this movie was made by people who love gaming. Um, but in terms of a movie that's actually based on a game, I, I'm going to go with Detective Pikachu, a, a movie that I had absolutely no reason to think I was going to like. And it's charming, it's fun, it's heartwarming, it's funny. The characters are really well written, I think. And, um, you know, it's a movie that you can sit down pretty much any time in almost any mood that you're in and enjoy. I will say I totally forgot about that movie. I have not yet seen it, but I, I got a comment on something that Rob said about Wreck-It Ralph. Just as an example of the people who animated it loving video games, there are a few scenes where Sonic who we talked about is waiting in line and he's tapping his foot impatiently, like in, in passing, like as Ralph is walking past a line of characters, Sonic is there tapping his foot. And it's like, that would not happen if people just didn't love video games and the characters associated with them. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. So to, to round it out, the curveball is there a system that you regret not owning and mine is very, very easily because there's been a couple that I haven't owned, but mine is hands down the PSP. I, I don't know why. Like looking back, everything about the PSP is something that I should have bought. Uh, games that were on there are games that I should have bought and would have bought. I don't know why I never got one. It, it's the weirdest thing to me. And that is very easily hands down the system that I just, I sit there and I go, why the heck did I never have one of those? Like it's odd. So for me, PSP, as you've heard, it has some phenomenal games on it. And you could get, they, they were supporting movies uh, with the PSP too. You could buy, Oh my were they, gosh. Yes. Were they called, were they yeah, called UHD, I had UHD UMDs. 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 Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those I, I know are that underrated. because I had a bunch of them. Yes, I loved UMDs. I, I okay. Long story short, uh, just speaking of the PSP, super quick. When I got mine, I it was like the bundle. It was the blue one. It came with NFL Madden eleven or thirteen or maybe it was nine. I don't remember. It came with a Madden game, and it was like a Madden exclusive. So you got a blue PSP, Madden, and then a UMD for this movie. Um, it is only on a UMD. Shoot, what's it called? I'll look it up and I'll text it to you so you can put it in the show notes. But it's about like, uh, all, like um, I think it's called Playmakers or something like that. Oh, it's called In Just One Play. That's what it talks about. It's like a, a documentary about football players, uh, particularly like people who really like change the game and that type of thing. That is, I watched that so many times just because of the novelty of watching a movie on my PSP that I have lines from it memorized that I quote. Like, it's something that reaffirmed my love of football at the time. So, yeah, UMDs are underrated. I bought mine uh, the day it came out. It was kind of, it was actually the first Sony system I ever owned. Um, and it was, um, it was actually kind of a reward to myself for my first like real promotion at work. Um, I got it day one. I actually hadn't intended to buy it. Um, the place I worked was literally next door to a GameStop. So I became very good friends with all of those guys. And I was just saying, Oh, Hey, how's the launch going? They're like, Oh, it's going really well. Hey, we still have a PSP left if you want one. And that was all it took to convince me to buy it. I was like, 
yeah, actually, I think I do. I'm going to check this thing out. Um, and it came with, uh, I think it came with the first Amazing, or not Amazing Spider-Man. It came with one of the uh, Spider-Man films, either the first one or the second one. And it was absolutely mind-blowing to be able to watch something. I mean, we take this for granted right now. Like, I'm currently talking to you guys using an app on my phone. Our phones do literally everything. It's almost hard to remember a time before our phones did everything. But my PSP was my media player for a long time. I used it to listen to music. I used it to watch movies on and, and game. I took it a lot of places with me. Oh yeah, I had a I had a case for my PSP, uh, and it had two uh, SD cards in it. One was for games, and one was just for music. Like the yep. PSP was my media, me too. like like it was my iPod, so to speak. Yep. You guys are making me even more jealous. <laughs> they they released this like genius headset uh, that would allow you to, like skip tracks. Like like there's a lot of headsets that yep. do that, but it plugged into the PSP. But more than that, like you could like not just skip tracks, but you could like fast forward and rewind in the track. Like it had a lot of control for a headset and I, it was like made it even better. Anyway, I, I fanboy about the PSP cause I, I have such. Um, so is, is there a system that you regret not having Uh system? I regret not having, this is really, really hard. Um, I was going to say the PS Vita until Rob talked about it. And I guess I kind of don't miss that. Um, it is really, really a tie between the GameCube and the Xbox 360. Uh, the Xbox 360 more like in the present moment. Like a lot of my friends had the Xbox 360. I, po- I talked about Halo Reach. Like I remember having LAN parties and like I was the only one who couldn't bring a 360 because I was the only one who didn't own it. So like a lot of that uh, you know, like friend experience that, that growing up period, I wish... I had a 360 and, and those Halo games I talked about how I loved and there was just a lot of fun games I wish I could have played. Um, but now, like, now I w- still wish that I would have bought a GameCube as I got older and finding out the games that were released on GameCube, especially uh, Matt, your and Brandon's list. You keep mentioning these games on GameCube and it just keeps referring to like, man, I should have bought one, I should have bought one, I should have bought one. <laughs> I remember when my friend uh, lended me his uh, with some of the games, I like genuinely didn't give it back for like four months because I was like, this is so much fun. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Brandon? So there's not really many like like consoles I really regret. The only one I can really think of is probably actually the Vita. Just because there's one franchise that like all the games were pretty much on there. And now that they're not anywhere to be seen, I really hope I would play them now that I'm into the franchise. So, like, Persona, like, it's the Persona franchise. So, like, one, both of Persona 2 games are on there. Three and four was on there. Now, four is on the PC. The other four games are nowhere to be found. So, it was a great system that didn't get the support that it should have. Um, I, I firmly believe that. But at the same time, I think the mobile space was completely being taken over by phones as opposed to mobile consoles. So, um yeah but it's they could have designed it a little bit better and and sony could have supported it better to make it a a more viable property so system i regret not owning um for whatever reason and this is kind of hard for people to understand now i think because it's certainly not this way but in the you know late 80s early 90s uh 90s into the 2000s um 
you know, people were very like brand loyal to their console. Like you were either a Nintendo kid or a Genesis kid and you made fun of like the kind of the way that like if you're an Android user, you look at iPhone users like you're like, why would you do that? And if you're an iPhone user, you definitely look down your nose at Android users like it was kind of like that for consoles at that point. And you were either a Genesis guy or a Nintendo guy. Um, And I was hardcore Nintendo guy until I became hardcore Xbox guy. So I never owned a PS2 and I'm probably one of the only like hardcore gamers I know that never owned a PS2. And I ended up playing probably most of what I wanted to be able to play eventually. Um, Either it came out on Xbox or I, you know, played an updated version of it on PS3. Um, But I would say, yeah, I should have just gotten over myself and just, you know, got the PS2 because there's tons of good stuff on it that I missed out on. Yeah, it was a good system. Um, but listeners, that wraps up part two. Um, I, I, geez, I almost forgot how many we've part, done here. Part three. Um, yes, yeah, part three. Yeah, part. Th- you did you forget. <laughs> I did. It's just it's gone by. It's been such a blast that I'm like, oh, we haven't we haven't done this. We have so much more to go, but we don't. Um, you know, the next time we do this, it's. It's one through fifteen, which is crazy. Um, but I, I cannot wait to hear why these games are in the spots that they are. But you know, before we sign off, if you're a first time listener and you for some reason started with this one and you're working your way back, whatever the case may be, um, you know, a, a huge thanks to Brandon, to Rob, to Harrison, and I, I'd like to give Harrison a little bit of time here. Talk about the basement binge, what they can, uh, you know, what they can find there and anything that you might have coming up. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the basement binge, like I kind of mentioned earlier, is a uh, movie review podcast. I haven't released an episode in a while because I recently quit my job. Uh, so it's been kind of d- difficult to release episodes. But uh, next week, I promise myself I'm getting into it. I'm going to finish out the Animation Hall of Fave 2. Uh, which was supposed to end at the end of February, but it's going to bleed into March. So yeah, lots of fun episodes to conclude that, including the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy that Matt and Rob joined me for. That was a blast. Uh, The Batman, that's coming out really soon, a review on that. Uh, Transformers coming this summer. I didn't think it was going to happen this year, but Matt and Rob convinced me to do it, and I'm very excited for that. So you know, if if you like movies, if you like talking about them, go check out The Basement Binge. Uh, I mean, Wreck-It-Ralph episode, I mentioned that one. That, That is a very, very personal episode. Uh, kind of uh, heavy compared to the other episodes, but it's a movie that I love. So yeah, th- thank you again for having me, Matt. This genuinely has been so fun. Yeah, um, I- I'm just going to really quickly piggyback. Um, it It's heavy. There's there's It's personal, but the Wreck-It Ralph episode, I love. I've actually listened to it multiple times because I just love the, the genuine nature of, um, of that episode uh you allow yourself to be to be vulnerable so to speak and just talk about something that's personal i think uh there's a lot of stuff that rings really true there not just for one person but for a lot so if you were to click on the basement binge and say hmm what episode should i start with i you know not that all the episodes aren't great because I, I I love what Harrison does. That's why I started the show in the first place, listening to The Basement Binge. Uh, that would be one that I would say, y- you want to know what this guy's about. Uh, I listen to podcasts because I like the people that do them. And 
that's an episode that I, I think rings true, and I, I really enjoy that one. So I, I would 100% recommend clicking that one. Oh, well, thank you. That is so So, uh, Rob, before I let you do your thing, because you you so eloquently talk about this show and how people can connect with it, um, which it, it always sounds better than I can do with my own voice. Um, <laughs> um, I, I do. I, I'm going to say again, thank you to Brandon, because again, we would not be here doing this if it wasn't for him suggesting I do something different with the show. So uh, Brandon, thank you for your, your idea, the brainchild behind this. It, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting through this last part of the list here and seeing where these things rank. So, so is Brandon officially assistant director of programming or assistant to the director of programming? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brandon. This has been a blast. <laughs> no, no pay so, increase. Title only. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, listeners, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you're wondering whether or not we mean you, yes, you that has this uh, pumping into your earballs right now through either a set of uh, AirPods or through your car speakers, uh, or possibly you know an external speaker you're listening as you're uh, side questing around the house, uh, we actually do mean you. Uh, we 100% mean you. So uh, please uh, uh, send your personal lists. If if it's too hard to do 100, uh, that can be a very daunting task like we've talked about. Um, send us your top five, your top 10, your top five series. Um, there's very few phenomenal great games that are just a one-off. A lot of times they're part of a, a, a series of games because uh, developers like money and they like giving us what we want and we like buying things that we already like. So send us your top series, send us your, your system that you regret not owning your favorite video game movie. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can find the show on all of your favorite social media platforms. Uh, there's Facebook, not only is there Facebook, but Matt also has a Facebook group, some good discussion there. Uh, you can find, Find the show on TikTok. Um, you can also find the show on Instagram. Some good polls and things like that are up there. Um, and you can also email the show, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. So it's just the initials of Matt Goes to the Movies and then podcast at gmail.com. Better for longer form fan mail. Um, we would 100% love to hear from you while you're at it. Uh, podchaser.com is a phenomenal way to review both Matt goes to the movies and the basement binge, um, putting together a podcast. It's not just all, you know, Ferraris and, and sex, drugs and rock and roll. Uh, there's actually <laughs> a ton of work that goes into it. Um, you know, we've invested probably thousands of hours between all of us into the games that, uh, that we're mentioning. Uh, but for movies and TV shows, it's, you know, it's a full length feature film. You know, that's, that's time out of your day to watch, to, uh, sit down and record and, uh, post-production and, and promotion and keeping the show running and all of those things. It's, it's a lot of work behind the scenes to bring you the show. And we're, we're, 100% happy to do it. We have a blast doing it, but um, it's really nice to see a little review from, from somebody who listened to the show. Hopefully it's five. Uh, we would love to know five-star reviews, but honestly, uh, just any review of any kind, uh, if, you, if you can throw some comments in with it too, uh, it's really appreciated. And we just love to hear what uh, people are thinking of everything we're putting out there. So podchaser.com, search for both The Basement Binge and Matt Goes to the Movies. You can review the show individually or the series as a whole. Please, we would love to hear from you. 
Well, like I said, eloquent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every so, time I conclude an episode of my own show, I'm like, man, what does Rob say? Because I can never. <laughs> <laughs> but Rob, thank you so much for that. Harris and Brandon, thank you for being here. And, you know, to reiterate listeners, thank you for being here. We've hoped you've enjoyed this as much as we have enjoyed doing this. Uh, we've got one more to go here to talk about the, the big list and the ones that have meant the most to us. We've put the most Ooh. time in. So I know, right? Ooh, indeed. So thank you so much. We are going to catch you very soon right here at Matt goes to the movies until next time. Thanks for tuning in listeners.